0: Why don't we give a hand for our worship team? That was a great time in the presence of the Lord. We're finishing up, for those of you that are just joining us uh, this week, we're finishing up a series on soaping. Uh, Soaping is just an acronym that we use to get into the word. Uh, S stands for? Scripture, O stands for? Observation, A stands for? Application, and P stands for? Prayer, awesome, wow. And a lot of the kids are, are joining us in the SOAP series. Um, it's always a, a time to, we always start the year off with prayer, and then we do a series on getting into the Word, because it's not just talking to God, but it's hearing from Him, and we hear from Him by getting into the Word. Amen? Um, I'm a, I'm, before I became a pastor, I was a teacher, and uh, I was a chemistry teacher uh, at Maui High School. I taught honors chems and AP chem. And it was the favorite it was like if i didn't preach that 's what I would be doing um, it's the only it's the only subject that legally can blow things up and 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 have fun and uh, there's some of my students that were here uh, that I actually taught and um and it was real interesting last week I was uh, eating with who was I eating with? I was having uh, coffee at coffee attic and was Mike, yeah, okay, uh, I thought it was... Mike. And uh, one, of, one of my previous students that actually got injured in my class because a uh, beaker exploded and it went into her arm, I, I, was, I was emotionally scarred from that incident. And uh, she was sitting in the front row, and uh, and all of my life, I just, like, that that memory of that event just, like, is, you know, plagues me. And I saw her the first time after high school. She walks up, and I'm like, Becca, how are you doing? And she's... She, she said, oh, Mr. Asato, and she like came over, and the first thing I did, without even thinking, I just grabbed her arm, and I like lifted up, she had, was wearing a jacket, I lifted up her sleeve, and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, you don't know why I'm doing this? And she goes, no. I said, you don't remember what happened? And she goes, no. And then the guy, there's a guy that's standing next to her, I don't know if it was her boyfriend or her, and she's like, we're waiting, <laughs> and I said, the explosion, remember the glass went into your arm, she's like, oh yeah, and then she like looked, and she's like, I don't know what happened, like there's no scar or anything, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, um, but I was, I, was a, I was a teacher, and um, one of the things that I, was, I, I, I would love to do is I would love to give pop quizzes, just to see if the kids knew their stuff, right? Because it's really easy to to cheat on an exam, but if you do a pop quiz, those, those are a little bit harder. But how many of you enjoy pop quizzes? Anyone? No, 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 you guys. Um, when I got to college, one of the things that I, I really loved was study guides because even though there was final exams and I still have, uh, trauma from final exams. I think all the way till I was in my 30s, I would have these reoccurring nightmares that I would wake up and I've just missed my exam. How many of you have ever had those dreams? Okay, it's just not, it's not, not me. Thank you, Jesus, I don't have those anymore. But uh, I would pull these all-nighters and, and be like dead tired going to sleep at like 4 o'clock in the morning and deathly afraid of missing my final because you know half your grade is based on your final. Um, I'm going all into that because I'm going to preach a message this morning called The Final Exam. How many of you know that God has a final exam for every single one of us? Are you, are you looking forward to that final exam? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> the, but God is a really good God because He gives us His Word, and in His Word, He gives us a study guide. We know exactly what is going to be on that final exam. And then he tells us how to prepare for it. How many of you know what's going to be on that final exam? How many of you know how to prepare for it? How many want to know? Because it's more than just a grade that's at stake. It's like our entire existence, right? He's given us time, talent, treasure. We steward our life on earth. But after we leave this earth and we stand before him, we're going to be... Facing our final exam and what is he going to base pass or fail on when we stand before him how many of you want to know how many of you are having reoccurring nightmares right now jesus is a just god and he is nice enough to give us study guides unlike mean teachers that just do pop quizzes and allow their kids to fail. Jesus doesn't want us to fail, and uh, so we're going we're gonna to jump into Matthew 24. So in our soap journals, we're up to Matthew 24, 25. This message will be on Matthew 24, 25, um, just some things that I've, I've pulled from it, and it's very pertinent to where we are uh, as a culture, what's going on in Maui with the Lahaina fires, uh, some of the tension and uh, uncertainty that we're facing in our own lives, God has called us to be salt and light in our culture. And, um, and he, 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 allow, he teaches us how to do that. So let's read this scripture and then we'll open it in a word of prayer. It's at the top of your notes Matthew 24, 42 through 46. We're going to read a lot of scripture this morning. Um, let's read this at the count of three. Uh, one, two. Can you guys read that? Okay. One, two. Three, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. God, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you have outlined in scripture what you're looking for on the day that you return. You're looking for someone who's faithful, someone who's wise, and someone who's generous, someone who understands and walks with your spirit, Somebody who is faithful in the things that you've given them to steward, and also someone who is generous. And God, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts and our lives, especially in this season. God, you have an assignment for every single one of us. You have a specified assignment for every single one of us as you've given us different spheres of influence, different giftings, different abilities. God, you're looking at each person, not based on their race or their age or their Or anything else, you're looking at them as stewards of the gifts that you've placed in their lives. And God, as we're nearing that final exam, we pray that you would give us the grace to pass with flying colors. God, I pray for Grace Bible Maui that we would be able to stand before you and pass our exam with flying colors. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. Speak to us this morning through your word. And everyone said, amen. Tell the person next to you, God wants to speak to you this morning. God has a word for every single one of us. You know, at the end of every service, we talk about connect, serve, give. And those three words are not just like we've made those things up and we put them up there like this. We really believe that this is the assignment. Everyone say assignment. That God has given this church. And every church says it differently, but we say our assignment, the call of how God wants us to walk out our walk with him as connect, serve, give. Everyone say connect, serve, give. And in this scripture, it outlines uh, the why of those things. The Number one thing, uh, so be wise, be faithful, and be generous. Number one is wise. Connect with the Holy Spirit. Um, connect with the Holy Spirit. You know, in the assignment that God has given you, it's very wise It's very wise to have a TA, a teacher's assistant. My sister, she, why are you all laughing? I didn't even say anything mean yet. (laughs) No, I'm actually going to say something nice about her this morning. She is one of the most brilliant people that I know. When she went to college, she graduated in three years. And she made a ton of money while she did it. Do you know how she did that? TA. She never went to class in college. Instead of going to class, she worked at Oldsmobile, and she made a ton of money interning at Oldsmobile and, and I, I think, Energizer or Duracell or one of those other companies. And she didn't go to class. Instead of going to class, she hired the TA right before the exam. And the TA knew everything that was going to be on the exam. So the night before the exam, she would sit with the TA. The TA would tell her, give her a study guide, show her exactly what was going to be on it, and she would ace the exam. And at the same time that she was doing that, because she was working like 40 hours a week, and I was talking to her like, "How? how do you do this? How do you ace all your exams, not go to class, and make all this money? And she was telling me, John, I'm making all this money. And she was showing me her bank account. And I was like, does mom and dad know? Because they're sending you money. (laughs) And she's like, no, don't tell them. So I'm telling you now, your daughter ripped you off when you were in college. And she bought this Civic, this Honda Civic that had four-wheel steering. Do you remember when the Civic came out with that four-wheel steering? And Sharina bought that when she was in college as a sophomore or something with the money that she made working at Oldsmobile Well, she was ripping my parents off. <laughs> but I said I was going to be nice. She's the smartest person I know. And she, re- she really was because, because she hired the teacher's assistant. This test that we have, God doesn't want us to do it alone. And the first thing that he tells us to do is to connect with the Holy Spirit. Let's read. So, so Jesus, he, he says this, it, it in the scripture, he says, what he he says, everything that's gonna happen in the end of the age, right? And then he says this: He says, Who then is faithful, wise, whom the master has made ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? He says, I'm looking for someone that's faithful, I'm looking for someone that, that's wise, I'm looking for someone that's generous. He says it really clearly. And then after he says that, chapter that was 24, he jumps into chapter 25, and then he says, This is an example of someone who's wise. This is an example of someone who's faithful, and this is an example of someone who's generous. So not only does he detail the characteristics that he's looking for, but then he goes into detail of what it looks like. So what does it look like to be wise? Because everybody has their own definition of what wisdom looks like, right? But this is what Jesus says is wise. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise. Everyone say wise. And five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the virgins, everyone say all, arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, "Lord, Lord, open to us." But he answered and said, "Assurely, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming." It's interesting that there's 10 virgins. All of the virgins are resting. And we've been talking about resting in the presence of God, eliminating distraction, being alone in his presence. All of them were in the same place. They're probably in the same church, probably sitting in the same row. Look at the person next to you and tell the person next to you, you look like a wise guy. They all heard the voice of God. So they they were consecrated, they were virgins, they were all in the same place, they were all resting, they were all uh, able to hear God's voice, they all had their lamps trimmed. That's a study in itself of having the lamps trimmed. Do you know that in uh, antiquity when they used the lamps and there was olive oil and the lamps would burn, that the wick would not burn the wick would just soak up the oil and the oil would burn. And olive oil is the cleanest oil, not vegetable oil, so you wanna cook with olive oil. It's better for your arteries. You guys think, okay. <laughs> but when the oil would run out, then the wick would start to burn, and then when the wick would burn, it would start to give off a black smoke that would like pollute the house and mark things up and, and everything. And so you would have to fill it up with oil and cut the wick. You know, a, a lot of us, when we're doing work that's outside of the Holy Spirit, we start to feel burnt out and start feeling tired and start feeling, start feeling like, oh, I can't keep doing this. And it's because we're doing it outside of the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and when things start to burn We need to cut the flesh or cut the junk out of our lives out, get into the presence of God, and let him burn through us. They did, both parties trimmed their lamps. There was only one difference between the wise and the foolish. The wise had oil. And what is oil? In scripture, Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness, he said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Anointing always happened in Jewish culture with oil. And so, what Jesus was saying when he said, The Holy Spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set the prisoners free, to break every yoke. When he said that, he was saying that the Holy Spirit is on me, it's anointed me. The oil of the Holy Spirit has has covered me from head to toe and empowered me to do what I need to do. So, the Holy Spirit, those that are wise, walk with the Holy Spirit. How do we fill our lives with the Holy Spirit? How do we become wise? I believe that God chose oil as a great example of the Holy Spirit because of the characteristics that oil represents. How many of you know that, that oil isn't produced in a short amount of time? It takes a long time. Some say millions of years of organic material that are compressed deep beyond, uh, below the earth, that there's a lot of pressure. Everyone say pressure. There's pressure that, that produces the oil over a long period of time. It's interesting that the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as being our comforter. That's like one of the main definitions of the Holy Spirit, that he's our comforter. How many feel good that the Holy Spirit is our comforter? Just one person. <laughs> and That probably makes a lot of sense because... The only time that you need a comforter is when you're stressing out or when you're under pressure or when you're going through trial. We don't need a comforter when we're comfortable, right? Why would we need a comforter if we're completely comfortable? But God says the Holy Spirit will be your comforter, why? Because you're gonna go through pressure, you're gonna go through pain, you're gonna go through suffering and in that time, you're going to get squeezed, like an olive is squeezed and put under pressure and crushed. That's when the oil comes out. And so if we want the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, a lot of times it's going to take us being crushed. It's going to take us being put under pressure. It's going to, be put, it's going to take us to be put in uncomfortable circumstances so that the Holy Spirit can move and operate in our lives as a comforter. Like, we have Jason who just played drums for us this morning, but how many were encouraged when Lahaina came and they led worship for us several months ago? And one of the things that we saw was that there's power in pain, that when believers go through pain in their lives, the Holy Spirit's power is made manifest. It was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus had to die for the Holy Spirit to show himself in power. And in our lives, God wants to show himself in power, and it's not going to happen when we're comfortable. He's going to take us through tests. He's going to take us through trials. And as we go through the trials and the tests, he says, the foolish people do it alone. They do it without the T.A., they do it without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be our comforter. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher. In John 14, it says, the Holy Spirit will be your guide. He'll bring things to remembrance. He, he's the one that guides us in the way that we should go. And it's the, it's the stupid Christians. <laughs> Can I say that? Because I've been a stupid Christian. There is the stupid Christians that try to stay consecrated on their own, that try to be disciplined on their own, that try to trim their lamps on their own without the help of the Holy Spirit. And in this past season, I've been like, God, I cannot do this without you. I need you in my life. There's no way I can live this Christian life without you. And God brings us to those places where he forces us to lean on him. And so the wise. Connect. Everyone say connect. They connect with the Holy Spirit. They, they bring the Holy Spirit into their lives to be the teacher, to be the TA, like my sister did. Because you know there's a test coming. To, to pull him into your life because it's going to take time. You cannot get this oil overnight. And you want to dig your well before you're thirsty. You want to form that relationship with the Holy Spirit every single day. The first thing in the morning, you know, it's interesting that this happens at night where there's no distraction, there's no noise, where they were at rest. It's the hardest thing for me when I go straight to the word. It's so much easier to grab my phone. And I know you guys are addicted to phone technology because everybody has them and they're billions of dollars of technology just to get your attention. And there's probably very few people in here that are disciplined enough to overcome billions and billions of dollars of marketing so that you can put that phone to the side and just focus on the Lord. But that's what it takes to connect to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not going to scream over your social media when you're looking at that meal that your friend just had or looking at the trip your friend just took or looking at someone and they're they're all like, you know, all pretty and nice and and you're like just waking up and, oh, I want to see that. Like, how is that going to connect you with Jesus? How is Jesus going to, like, scream over that and say, hey, I love you. Hey, this is what I have for you this today. You know, Jesus has an assignment for all of us every single day. He prepares a table before us every single day. And if we'll just, like, silence the stuff around us and give him the opportunity, he'll speak. But it's, it takes us getting that phone, putting it, turning it off, sticking it in a drawer, going into another room, and just sitting in the presence of God. Just go on a walk. Is that good stuff? Yeah? <laughs> it's, like, really quiet now. <laughs> All right. Um, so connect. Connect. We walk out our faith through connecting, intentional connecting with the Holy Spirit, connecting with God, connecting with others. Discipleship is relationship. Number two, faithful. So Jesus said, I'm looking for those that are wise. Who are wise? Those that connect with the Holy Spirit. The second thing that Jesus said in in Matthew 24 is I'm looking for the faithful. And all of us have different definitions of faithful. You can be faithful to your spouse you can be faithful to the lord you can be faithful but what does faithful mean jesus he writes a a parable on the definition of faithfulness that is much different than what i had in mind of what faithfulness looks like let's uh i'll just read it but follow along as i read it for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants everyone say servants Turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, you are a servant. And and Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, the one who we follow, is defined in scripture as a servant. And so we're not above our master. God has called us all to serve, to connect, to serve, to give. Serving. Serving. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. I'm going to skip over the two-talent guy. Um, So he who received five talents came and brought five uh, other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that when you see God? That's what we live for. Like, that's what I live for. I could care less about any, I want to care less about everything else in life. I really do. It's hard. But what good is it if we succeed in everything else that we want to succeed in in life, and then we stand before God and he says, good job, wrong assignment. And that's a possibility. We can succeed at the wrong thing. But God wants us to be faithful. And he said, uh, enter into the joy. uh, I will... Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. <laughs> you know what? You know what the reward is for a job well done? More jobs. You've been faithful in a little, I'm gonna give you a lot. So when you, when you come to church, you know Mike, Hearn. I always pick on Mike, but he came and he's like looking around the campus and like, look at these trees. These trees are so overgrown. Why doesn't Pastor John cut these trees? And then God said, why don't you cut the tree? And he's like, oh, I don't want to hear that. And you know what? He was faithful with a little. And he trimmed the hedges, started cutting the trees around the property. And you know what the reward was for that? God said, why don't you remodel the whole preschool building? And he, he did that. He was faithful in that. And God is blessing his socks off right now in every area of his life, in his family, his immediate family, his extended family, in his finances. But when you're faithful in a little, God is going to not just say, ooh, good job, have a vacation. God says, good job, have all this. And it continues in eternity. I remember the first time I heard that, I was telling my, I was telling my uh, Tom Bauer, uh, he, he started surfing the nations. I was like, man, I'm so burnt out. He's like, why are you burnt out? I said, because I'm like doing all this stuff. And he goes, it's probably because God is telling you that you're doing a good job and he's giving you more. Now you just have to spend more time in prayer. I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Then then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Everyone say afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers at my coming. I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away." God is looking for those who serve with the talents and treasures that God has given them to multiply them. And there's this dichotomy that is not biblical where we look at spiritual things that are separate from the natural. And God says, to be wise, you're going to be spiritual. You're going to fill your cup up with the Holy Spirit. But to be faithful, I want you to look at the physical world as well and to take the courage. It takes courage to multiply the gifts and talents that God has given you for his glory and for his kingdom. Um, I want to show you an example of that. Can you, can you roll uh, this clip? This is uh, Justin. He, uh, I'm sure we all know the story of David and Goliath, classic underdog the story of overcoming giants or big obstacles light. in life. But one lesson from the story that I think is overlooked is what David did before he went out to battle. See, the king tried to dress him up in armor, but David felt uncomfortable, and he said, the Lord that delivered me from the paws of lions and bears will deliver me from this Philistine. So he headed out with what he had, and, well, we all know the end of the story. It's easy to think that we need more to conquer our giants, but in reality, we have already been given everything we need to do so. I didn't preface this that Justin is a tattoo artist. And he puts Instagram reels like this out to show the public and to show his following what he does. The tattoo industry is a very dark industry. You you don't go into the tattoo industry and you say, I love Jesus. How many of you want to love Jesus with me? How many of you think it takes courage to put stuff like that out on social media when you're in that culture? But he's taking his giftings and his talents, his abilities... And then he's using it for the kingdom. And God has put in his heart different steps to increase the size of his business this year. And it takes courage to step out, to increase, to dream bigger, to risk more, to put yourself out there. And God has called every single one of us with our unique giftings, abilities, talents. He's placed us all over this community. And he's saying, be faithful. Don't just be wise. Don't just have all the spiritual stuff and come to church, but be faithful when you go out there in the marketplace. God wants you to dream big, to take risks, to to live out the call that he has for you, whatever it is. And it's not going to be like the person sitting next to you. It's not going to be like me. It's not going to be like Justin. He has a specific assignment. Everyone say assignment. 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 A final exam, an assignment that you need the Holy Spirit to succeed at. But it's an assignment that he has for you to walk out. And it's going to take courage. It's going to take faith. It's going to be uncomfortable to step out into areas that you feel are like outside of your comfort zone. But God wants you to be faithful with what you have. And he'll multiply it when you give it to him. Amen? Wise, faithful. Um, And then the last thing. Is generous. We can be great Christians and we can even be great stewards of our abilities and multiply the things that God has given us. But what is the end result? The end result is that God wants us to be blessed, to be a blessing. It's the Abrahamic covenant. He wants us to be generous, to connect with God, to serve with our abilities, but then to give and to be generous. Why? Because God is a generous God. For God so loved the world that he gave, oh that was weak, God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his, not just a portion of his, whatever, his kingdom, he gave his only son, he gave the thing that was the most important to him, and, and in our church, I believe that God is, there's things that are the most important to us. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing is because for some of us, it's like, yeah, you can take my kids. The things that go through my mind. (laughs) But there's things that are most important to us, and those are the things that God wants from you. He He wants the thing that's the most dear to your heart. He wants you to give the thing that's the most precious to you. And when you give what's most precious to you, you know what the result is? Passion. You know that God is passionate about you. He gave the thing that was the closest to his heart. He gave his son. And because he gave the most, he he gave the thing that was dearest to him, he is passionate about you. And he calls us to give the thing that's the most precious to us, because he wants us to be passionate about him. This last scripture. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a sheep divides sheep from the goats. When the king will say, then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why? Because I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, "Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these of your brethren, you did it to me." God is, has three things on the final exam. Number one, that we connect with Him. We connect with the Spirit of God. Number two, is that we serve, and that we serve, and we take risks, and we we have the character of a servant like His Son. And then the third thing is that we're generous that everything that we get is not for ourselves, but we use it to give to others. And in our community right now, God is looking for men and women of faith to step up and to connect with him and to to say, God, everything that I have, I wanna give to you and I want to represent you in our community and then I wanna be generous. And right now our community is in such need in such need of people who are courageous, that have a servant's heart to stand up and to be light for the kingdom of heaven. And God is going to use those people in powerful ways. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Christ, it's my first priority to allow you and give you the opportunity to ask Christ into your life. We believe that Jesus Christ died and that he died for our sin, but he didn't just die and and take away our sin, but he rose through the power of the Holy Spirit to show that our sin has been paid for and that we have been justified in the eyes of God. And then he's called us to live for him. And if, if, if that's you this morning, that you want to f- declare your faith in Christ and you want to come into a family of God this morning, and I want to pray with you this morning. You know what? Why don't we do it through taking communion? Because I think that that's just as powerful. And take the bread this morning. If that's you and you want to declare your faith in Christ, your walk with him and to surrender your life to him, just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I take this bread as an act of faith to receive from you the healing that only you can give. I pray that you would heal my heart of every hurt and the brokenness that I've experienced. I give you my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. In Jesus' name. You can go ahead and take the bread this morning. Can take the cup just repeat after me dear Jesus thank you for your blood that was shed for my sin thank you that you love me and that you're passionate about me I ask for your forgiveness and that you would give me grace to forgive those around me I surrender my life to you Use me for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. And take the cup this morning. Amen. God, I just thank you, Lord, for your presence here. I just pray that you would use every single one of us. Help us, Lord, this church to be wise, to be faithful, and to be generous. God, help us to walk in the calling that you've called every single one of us to. Give us the grace to do that in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're going to close with a worship song.